0: You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Welcome to another Geeks Pub. Tim Robertson here with David Cohen. Hey, David hello it's hot as hell here is it it's humid as hell i should say
1: yeah yeah we've had a lot of humidity this week oh, for, it's just uh, bad. for britain yeah
0: you uh print a piece of paper and it just flops over as just so much moisture in the air
1: so, so i was i was walking through london because i do a couple of days working week, weeks a couple of days a week in london at the moment and i have a a backpack that's specially designed not to make your back sweaty so it kind of has a big bow in the back so yep. there's a big airspace behind your back and meshing and all this sort of thing didn't help a job no <laughs> yeah.
0: no because it's it's protecting you from your own body you know what well I
1: mean? it's the uh, the idea is is meant to it's meant to let your sweat evaporate yeah. but the problem is it's so when it's humid the sweat just doesn't really evaporate no. very quickly uh and of course you know i'm a big guy as well so i sweat when i get hot so.
0: so a lot of cool and not so cool things going on, or maybe they're good ideas. I don't know, uh, <laughs> in the uh, in the geeks world right now, and so we want to kind of.
1: I was thinking actually this morning. It's kind of funny because we we now tend to cover more news in Geeks Pub than we do in Tech Fan because well. the uh, the kind of the uh, you know the the. The geek space, in terms of the media industry, is so much more busy than what's going on in, in oh, tech at the moment. Well,
0: I mean, it's a it, yeah, exactly, and it's always it's the new all the time, and then yeah. it's the retro, and then you know. But there's I, there's so much going on in the entertainment world, and when you're talking about geeky stuff now, that that's kind of what you're talking about is yeah. entertainment, whether the entertainment's yeah. video games or movies or TV shows or music. Yeah,
1: we, we still we still haven't launched the period drama cast yet. No, I know because it. <laughs> because it's not quite as busy.
0: No. Plus, there'd be four <laughs> listeners. Um, actually, it'd probably be more than that. But, I did buy something new yesterday. My uh, dishwasher died. This right. isn't a geeky thing. Well, it kind of is, I guess, maybe. Um, I did some homework many times about dishwashers. Uh-huh. And I end up always buying one that's convenient, rather than just, you know what, suck you up, spend the money. This is the fourth dishwasher I bought in, in 10 years. That's a problem with modern appliances. Well, it is and it isn't. If you buy the right one, it's not a problem, and Bosch, by far, is the one that seems to be the one to get. They make them the best.
1: Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that, though. Uh, there's a company called Mealy, who actually say that they designed their plants this last ten years plus. Yeah. Um well so does Bosch. And, um, yeah. And and that you know, you pay a lot more for them, but the idea is is you don't need to replace them every three years.
0: Right. Well and and so finally I bit the bullet and I bought their top of the line Bosch eight hundred series and installed it last right. night and you know it costs a whole lot more, but where I bought it from, they had if you sign up for their credit card, twelve months same as cash i e zero percent financing. So I was like, Well, I'll do that. Yeah. What the hell? I'm never going to use a card unless it's a 0% because it's, like, stupid APR
1: on it. Well, not only that. I mean, if you're in a position that you can buy it outright, then putting it on 0% makes sense because yeah. you're just spreading the payment. Well, that's but, just but what I think. No if you're in a position to buy it outright and you borrow money and pay interest to right. to, to buy that kind of... Just, it's like a $1,300
0: one, and I was just like, well, why don't I just use their money and just over the next, exactly. you know... Yeah, I know what's going to happen though. In about seven months, I'm going to get sick of going in there and, and paying money, and I'm just going to pay it off. So, <laughs> well,
1: do you have to keep go- what? You have to keep going in there. What do you mean? Oh, of course. So, in Britain, we have this thing called the direct debit scheme.
0: Oh, we could do Where? that here. There's ways to do it. I just don't want to give any kind of credit card company access to my bank account. Right.
1: No. Yeah. Okay. So direct debit has. Um, all sorts of financially regulated rules about what you can and can't do but that's not the issue
0: the issue is security breaches that we hear about all the damn time right oh they got uh, a bunch of hackers stole a whole bunch of information from this credit card site
1: yeah okay and I don't want that link to my bank I I understand that but uh, I mean I I get it that
0: if they drain my bank account obviously my bank's going to correct the problem but that could take a little while and screw that yeah okay anyways i'm happy with it so uh let's get into geeky stuff right at the beginning of the show you guys heard some music and that music of course was the james bond theme and uh monty norman you talked about this um i don't remember if it was last week or two weeks ago on geeks pub but um that he passed away just recently Mm -hmm. and he was the composer for that song
1: And for for a he was the real composer for a long time. Everybody thought it was John Barry, who um, I think uh, rearranged the theme, Um, but actually it was Monty Norman who composed it. And um, eventually he got the recognition he deserved. And I, I would say. You know, it's not often you say this but but you know, we've talked before about how iconic pieces of music really kind of support media. Yeah. I would say part of the success of James Bond is the incredible coolness of that piece of music and the way it captures um not so much what James Bond was in the books, but the the, uh, the way it captures what they were shooting for in the movies. It yeah, it's of,
0: very mysterious and, action-y mysterious and action Mysterious and it's dangerous. And it sounds, dangerous. It, yeah, it sounds But it's meaningful. also, yeah. it does have that suaveness to it. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, exactly. he's cool yeah. and he's a ladies' man. and it, It's one of those rare themes that really does capture the spirit of the character, at least in the film regard. Uh, books yeah. are different, but... It really does, and it's, I mean, w- when did that come out? In the 60s? Yeah. Late 60s, yeah. Um, yeah. They've used that in every single James Bond movie. Not, look, they've re-recorded it, and they've edited it, but the essence of that song has, I mean, we're 60 years into this music, and it's still, when you hear that, there's you know exactly what that is.
1: Well, and, and that's the thing. It's one of those pieces of music, kind of like the... um the fanfare uh, at the beginning of the Star Trek theme. It's one of those things that even people who've never really kind of sat down and watched a lot of the media recognise as that character. Yeah. Um, one of my favourite things about it is the fact that it has this, uh, at the end of the piece of music, it has that magic chord. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really weird chord and you can just hear that chord or play that chord and immediately you think spy. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, you could do amazing. that without playing the rest of the music I mean that's how iconic because the chord is its I remember musically apparently it's really really odd but it's so memorable that you could just hear that chord on the, on the guitar and you'd immediately think James Bond yeah. and that's that's truly uh, a remarkable you always wonder when these guys are creating these things you know is it just another day at the office or do they realise that they you know do they go home and I going well actually I really hit it out the park that day or is it just like oh well you know Job done. What's next? I had you
0: know, honestly, I probably think it's the second. I think that it's yeah. their job. I mean, yeah. when I sell a car, I'm not thinking, you know, awesome and I'm great and boy, they're going to love that forever. I'm thinking, where's the next customer?
1: Yeah. But though, to be fair, in 50 years' time, I doubt they'll be talking about the, um, the Highlander you sold on the 22nd of August. You might be surprised.
0: <laughs> you might be surprised. It could be their favorite car of all time. I had a customer yeah. come in last week. As an example, now I remember I started selling cars in uh, July of 2016, so I've been doing it for a little while now, and had a customer come in, and he had a mask on, and I don't see that every day now. Um, Every day I see someone wearing a mask, but coming into the dealership, it's not an everyday thing anymore, although maybe it should be, and he wanted to talk about uh, a certain vehicle, and we were discussing it, and he wanted to bring his wife back in. And then he went into, you know, well, do you remember me? Well, you mean behind the mask? Hmm. (laughs) Um, And I said, your voice sounds very familiar. And he said, well, you sold me a Prius back in 2016. I was one of your first customers, you told me. And sure enough, I looked him up. That was the 10th vehicle I sold. Right. And uh, he remembered me. He remembered my tech background and. Uh, he remembers that I, I didn't really know what I was doing, but they really liked me <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and I didn't, you know, in all of yeah. 2016, I didn't know what I was doing. That's, that's that business the, the first six months you think, you know, you, you don't, you know, you don't know what you're doing. The yeah. second six months you think you do. And the third six months you realize you didn't know crap and now you're really starting to get it. Yeah. Um, which is a shame See? that most people don't get to that 18 month mark where they really start getting good at the job, but.
1: So it, it's it's in. I would say, from my experience in Britain, it would be unusual to find the same car salesman at the same dealership for you know for six that years later of time. Yeah. yeah. So is that is that usual in the states or is uh, it depends
0: on much? the dealership? Most dealerships no, because they're turn and burn. Yeah. Um, you know the salesmen come in fresh faced, don't really know what they're doing too well. They do it for less than a year. And they're not seeing big money, so they quit. They go on to something right. else. It's mm-hmm. when you stick with it for a long time and you sell people their mm-hmm. second and the third car. That's And then the referrals start kicking in. And that's where you can start making really good money. But right. you have to be patient. You have to learn your craft. You have to continuously educate yourself. But you have to know it's not just this sale. It's the long. A, a guy that's still there. Uh, he was the number one guy forever. Uh, and now it's usually him or me every single month. Um, told me when I first started, he goes, the managers are going to tell you to, you know, towards the end of the month, you really need to crank it up and you're going to feel that pressure. And he goes, forget all that sell for the year, not for the week or the day or the month sell for the year. And I took that to heart anyways that was uh james bond's music obviously and i you know it's it's not one that's gonna i'm not gonna purchase that song and listen to it on my iphone driving to work or anything but it works perfectly is and you hear the little refrain from that song during the movies a lot too it's just one of those perfect theme songs that look we're going to talk about uh the snyder cut of justice league here in a few minutes but if you think about the whole Schneider universe thing, other than Man of Steel, which had a really good theme song, yeah, I can't think of one song in, in any of those movies.
1: Because no, they and, weren't and,
0: iconic. They're boring. Yeah. They're dark. And, and, and,
1: yeah, and there was there was the same problem for, for a long time in the Marvel universe. Um, I mean, now kind of the Avengers theme and everything is more in people's heads. But then that's because we've seen so many Avengers You know what's movies. funny about the All Avengers music. theme? I was
0: thinking about this earlier when you were talking that the first viewing of the the Avengers, the theme song really doesn't pop out at you. No. it's It doesn't seem like it's that memorable. But now when you hear it, you know immediately that it's the Avengers and it conjures but images. Think, but now I think but that's but just it,
1: repetition. It. It's not because the music, piece of music itself is that spectacular. It's just that it's been played at us so much that it's kind of starting to stick in our heads. Whereas the thing is, I would imagine, the first time people went in to see Doctor No uh in what nineteen sixty two and yeah. they heard that piece of music at the start, I would imagine that would stick in people's heads. I would agree with you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. I, I you know, and right. I don't want to say that all music is like that now, but a lot of it is. But every now and then we will get a piece of music or theme or something that really is like, wow, that's I'll give you an example. Um and it took you a while to watch it. Um oh what's it the John Cena thing, Peacemaker.
1: Yeah, peacemaker, yeah.
0: No, they use a piece of music from uh, the 80s it sounds like.
1: No, it's not. well that here's the thing is not the, it's the a new weird th- song? thing about all the, a lot of the music in those in those um in the peacemaker is that actually those are modern bands in sweden and denmark and norway and places like that who are doing music that sounds like it came from the 80s but it's much more modern than that i think that song is only about five six years old yeah but, um, but it does sound like something there. from the 80s it, it really That's, does yeah,
0: it, it, yeah it's very iconic now because of that yeah. show and that opening sequence when they come out badly dancing and choreographed yeah. and, you know it's so bad but yet it works it's one of those things that if you hear that little piece of music and you watch the series you know exactly what it's from Uh, and that's rare nowadays yeah um i mean i started watching them halfway through the series uh neil gaiman's sandman the sandman Mm -hmm. on netflix yeah now i was a huge fan of the comics back in the 80s and 90s um it was just if people think it's a superhero comic it is totally not um although they did have crossovers later in the year but Yeah, that was just trying to revive stuff. Um, The Sandman was amazing, and I was a little worried that, number one, I think Neil Gaiman's kind of a prick. Um, He's way up in his own head. He's kind of a prick, just listening to his interviews and stuff, and he's hated every adaptation of his work forever, but he's actually involved um, somewhat in the Netflix series, and he's been promoting it and he he was on set for a few times and all this and they really seem to go out of their way to be true to what that series was and i've got to say you know now that i'm halfway through this the first series it's really good i mean it's not for everyone but good Uh, lord it's good
1: so how how does it compare to the comic? Not, I've never read the comic books, and the only familiarity I have with it is I I watched the Lucifer series with the uh, where they turned turned it into like a cop procedural, yeah, you know, with the British, British guy. Oh, well, I enjoyed it, I because I, I I liked his work and I liked the interpretation he brought to uh, to the character. But obviously, I wasn't familiar with the original material. So, how close is this adaptation to the comics? Uh,
0: they take ideas from the comic because you got to remember with a comic book like the sandman it really does not translate into movies or tv shows it just doesn't so if you're going to do it there has to be by necessity some changes you know Mm -hmm. it it just wouldn't work but if you can nail the atmosphere and the style of storytelling And you put the right people in the role and they act like they did in the comic. That's more important than saying, well, this is the first issue and they did, you know. Um, With The Walking Dead, the first season is a prime example of that. Um, In the comic books, the very first episode of The Walking Dead is very fast-paced. In the TV mm-hmm. show, it was like the sure. first three episodes was just yeah, that first Yeah, it was really comic.
1: slow. They, yeah. Because, well, yeah, and and you're right, that's the difference, isn't it? Because The Walking Dead, what they had to do was build their new universe, which right. is, this is, you know, kind of, uh, yeah, it's, people most people are dead most people are zombies but you know the because of that the the world has become very quiet because all the people are gone yeah even though they're zombies and and they they brought that out really really brilliantly and it and it re- of course in a tv show it really ramps up the tension because you're constantly waiting for the things to happen that you know the terrible things to happen whereas it in a in a comic you don't have to do that yeah you know uh, and really a comic if you had If you had three issues where not very much happened, okay, except occasionally people get bored. Yes, because you know it's a different
0: medium. And in comics, you just intuitively accept, okay, the zombie apocalypse happened. Yeah, we're there. You you can give us three panels, and okay, we're there. We got it. Yeah, move on. Yeah, Uh, and the and you're right. In the TV show, they have to a slow burn to get to it. But the first episode of or the first issue of Walking Dead was. Brilliant! It was so good, and I'm not even into yeah. zombies. Yeah, the first season of The Walking Dead was brilliant. And yeah, by the was way, it an adapt—did w- they adapt a the comic book to some degree? The same thing yeah. with Neo Game and Sandman, but it's different. Yeah, better way, or worse. I just say, I don't
1: know. can I just say, you might not be into zombies, but zombies are always into you. That's true. Um, <laughs> so so far, I'm really enjoying it. Um, i'll have to give i'll have to give it a watch yeah um i i didn't watch i was gonna watch uh, american gods which was his last adaptation yeah and, uh, i didn't either. never got around to it i, I uh,
0: well i'll uh, let me take that back i watched two episodes and i was so bored out of my mind that i didn't yeah. care
1: i mean I, I do agree with you he's he's a little bit like alan moore in yes. that alan moore was somebody else who was very uh, well yeah like a prick but it's very standoffish and and uh you know protective and selfish of his work um and also seemed to forget that actually he did do this work for other people and they had a right to do some yes. of what they did with it yeah um and Neil Gaiman's like that but I think Neil Gaiman has he he has more of a rep I mean everyone don't get me wrong everyone thinks Alan Moore is, is amazing but but they everybody knew right from the off that he was not very <laughs> Not very pleasant in real life. Whereas Neil Gaiman has kind of evolved into this over time. He was much more He was way open. open. Yeah. In in the early days and he's become far more curmudgeonly as he's gotten yeah. older. Almost like um, a hermit,
0: some of the stuff yeah. that you see him and you're like, Jeez,
1: what the hell? Yeah. Um so uh, well look, you know, these guys are um brilliant at what they do, so they they kind of they have a right to be a little bit eccentric, I guess. But um
0: And it's not like you know, A lot of authors are like this. They're not who you think they are. No. You know, whereas if they were a a director or an actor, you see them all the time and they're playing kind of a role all the time. Whereas for the most part, a writer is a very solitary thing. You're by yourself as you're creating this and then you put it out in the world. And let's be honest, 95% of everything that writers write isn't very good. Nobody cares. Yeah, you yeah. Know?
1: and also, and also as well. I mean, even even the greatest writers that the, you can't. Everyone kind of assumes that they're putting themselves into the work, and the best writers don't do that. Right. The best writers, you know, you know, they're nothing like you know the people they create and they write and they well, there's the stories a good. They create, you know? there,
0: there was a good, and um, I don't remember who it was, but someone I was reading this article and they were talking about look i didn't write this story the story was already there i was the conduit for the story it came through me but Mm. this story already existed and i kind of feel that way when i read some things uh harry potter series for instance i don't feel like i'm i'm in the mind of jk rowling i feel like this story was out there and something in the universe needed this story to be told and she was the conduit to do it
1: yeah i'd kind of agree with that the later books i think the first two to me are very derivative of um, star wars no no not no not at all they were very derivative there was a there was a, a type of english fiction that i read a lot when i was growing up which was boarding school stories yeah um, you know, and I, and I read them because part, partly because I ended up going to a boarding school. Yeah. But I read a lot of the you know for, uh, there's writers like Enid Blyton who wrote a lot of stories with their characters set in boarding schools. And then there was um, a bit a famous character in Britain from the from like the forties and fifties called Billy Bunter. Who and and this was was basically it was it was about a horrible kid who went he was imagine Eric Cartman went to a boarding school and he was English, mm-hmm. that's basically who Billy Bunter was. Jesus. He was he was really really horrible, um, and um, and yet he got into all these adventures and it, and it was very much of its. Of the fact that it was like this self-contained universe, which is revolves around the boarding school and what happens in a boarding school. The first couple of books of Harry Potter are like that, except that it's a boarding school with magic. Yeah. And then over after that, it then started to evolve into what it became, which was, with, in my in my view, was much much better than the first couple of books. I agree. Uh, yeah. Um, and and I think that's when it when all of a sudden the kind of the the destination of the story and her picking up the story out of Wherever to me came across much more. I thought the the first two, particularly the first one, I, I felt it. It was good. Don't get me wrong, but it was a little bit contrived to me. And then that kind of went away as it uh, as it went on. But I think that's just just reflects what inspired her to start writing the stories in the first place. You know,
0: it was um, obviously I can't really review the Sandman yet because I haven't finished the the first season, but. I will say that there were some casting choices that I was like, oh, that's different. For instance, John Constantine. I think it's Joanna. And I thought, oh, come on. That's such an iconic character. You need the right person. But she pulls it off. I completely, after five minutes on screen, I was like, okay, you know what? Yeah, I'd take her in this role now.
1: I I think I think the problem uh you know I would say is is they faced with that is that John Constantine has is one of the few characters from the Sandman who's kind of been done quite a lot. Well um, yeah cuz he's in DC
0: proper too.
1: He's a, yeah so so he's in he's been in the Arrowverse. He's been uh, there was a Keanu Reeves movie with him. Yeah that was. Bad. Um and and he's you know he's he's probably more well known so maybe they thought they wanted to subverse it a little bit. You know, it's, Put the focus because oh, if you have someone that's, well, like there was
0: a guy that they just did a whole series with with the with that character, you
1: yeah. can't bring him back. You got to start no fresh. because because otherwise people will be constantly harking back to yep. his other stuff and and also you know you get then you get this grounds as well as saying people saying see Constantine was great you need to give this guy his old series again, and it does take the focus off. So I, I can I can understand that choice. I think um, so I'm I'm going to be away for the next couple of weeks, so I think what I might do is... Is the whole series available to download? Yeah, it's Netflix, so it's... Right, okay, so I'll, I'll load it onto my device from Netflix before I go and, and uh, watch it while I'm away, and then when I'm Netflix. back, we can talk about it. Uh, Well, that's that's the beauty of watching it on the tablet when yep. you're on vacation, is that <laughs> you don't have to worry about anybody else watching it over your shoulder. We're sticking you with know, the...
0: I, uh, The DC stuff, there was there's huge shakeups going on right now at Warner, or I guess it's Discovery
1: Warner Brothers. Yeah, it's a Discovery discovery Takeover of Warner Brothers media. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, and what's going on very much emphasizes that it is a complete takeover, because effectively, everything Warner's been doing up now has been thrown out in the trash.
0: Yeah, they're basically Um, saying we're, you know, at least the head of the, the entire studio now says there is A plan in place, or at least they're working on a plan in place, to really solidify what the DC universe is moving forward. He didn't actually come out and say it, but he's basically saying it's been kind of shitty and it's all over the place. And uh, planned things. I think uh, think it's something we
1: would both agree with, yeah. A hundred percent.
0: Yeah. he is looking to the, the the Marvel success. But I don't think he's just looking at it as... Just listen to... Reading his interviews, reading between the lines. He's not looking at Marvel as in we have to do it a certain way. He's looking at it as we have to have good stories first.
1: Yeah, I, I think... So this guy, uh, David Zayaz, yeah. I think is his name. Now, this guy is apparently... His compensation is worth a quarter of a billion dollars a year. Um, so presumably lots of people think he knows what he's doing. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think he's he's definitely put his finger on a problem, which is that, you know, as you and I have been saying for ages, is that DC doesn't... It has some of the most iconic and famous characters in the world and it has no idea how to work them. Uh, and so, clearly, he's coming in uh, and he has a vision. And I, and I agree with you. From what I've read, it seems like he wants to emulate some of the process that marvel goes through without just slavishly copying them so he wants to put a group in charge of the dc universe and he wants them to say right your job is to sit down and come up with the best way of using these characters and not be you know not necessarily be well it's got to be a continuous universe and everything's going to cross over and everything in the same way that Marvel does. Um, They might end up doing that, I guess. But um, It sounds like that is
0: kind of what he's going for because a lot of the projects that were cancelled for instance, they completely filmed and edited and were done with the Batgirl movie and I was never excited about this and I know that Michael Keaton was going to be in this movie and this movie was going to be going directly to HBO Max. And according to this guy, if the quality isn't there, and when he, he says quality, I assume storytelling and the the movie itself. Is, if you read between the lines, it was just bad, and that they well, didn't want right. to spend this kind of money to a direct to video platform that doesn't recoup their money, and if the project itself isn't as good as it can be, they're not going to release it.
1: So, so here is where I have maybe some slightly slightly more problems with the speed and and the approach he's taking rather than the ethos of what he's saying because i completely buy into the ethos of what he's saying i think he's right they've got a problem they need to fix it They need to put a new structure in place what i disagree with is is what he's done with this particular movie not because i was desperate to see it um, I was only really vaguely aware of it. But the history of this project, originally it was going to go to HBO Max. Yeah. And then um, they decided to turn it into a thea- theatrical release. No, they didn't. That, well, they, they had... they Before he came along, that's what they were planning to do. Yeah? They, they were planning to do that. And then he's come along and said, no, let's just uh, nix the entire project. And there's a lot of rumours going around about this. The initial word was yeah the quality wasn't up to up to snuff but in fact now they've walked that back and apparently the film tested reasonably well um there was apparently also some debate about whether the budget they'd spent on it was reflected on the screen because originally it was designed as a as a direct to stream movie but the problem i have with it really is that i think it is unfair to everyone involved in this project to just summarily at the last minute turn around and say you know what um, it's like that piece of work never happened well the the guys the the guys who who directed it it, yeah the guys who directed it are the the executive producers of Miss Marvel right they are not dummies they presumably know how to do this stuff they're very well respected Marvel works with them and I guarantee these guys are probably not going to be keen to work with dc with dc or warner brothers again because of the way they've been treated i think it's a disservice to everybody involved the actors the uh studio people the editors and all of that to just turn around and say yeah thank thanks very much but we've decided that everyone's always assumed as they assumed right from the beginning we've decided that uh, that work you spent the last uh, 18 months on is garbage and we're not going to it's not good enough for release i think that is unfair and i i also think that is there's a little bit of probably of studio spin to suggest that there is a very strong suggestion that in fact there's a tax reason for doing this yes because they can write it off uh, they can write it off without spending a lot of money at the moment just because they're kind of mid-merger and i think if that's the reason for doing it i think they should come out and say it so that people who have worked on it creatively don't feel like they've been kicked in the nuts which is how they're all feeling at the moment Especially as it came out of nowhere, it was a obviously a very quick decision. I just don't. Th- I think it's all very well to say we're going to do things differently, we're going to do things right, and all of that. But what I don't think you do is you sp- don't spit in the eye the people who've worked hard for you for a whole long period of time, just because you've come in and, and said, you know what, well, I I wasn't behind this, and I don't think it fits my vision. My I think issue. There are ni- I think there are nicer ways of doing it than just turning around and saying, let's pull the plug.
0: Uh, my issue is. Everybody that seems to be involved in this movie seems like pretty good people, yeah, and at the same time, what's not been cancelled yet is the new flash movie where <laughs> by all <laughs> where this, accounts yeah. the, the star is an ass well he's it's he's
1: not just an ass i yeah, mean he's it, he uh, he's having some sort of um crisis i think i think i think he needs help is what it is he's clearly he's he's basically there
0: there's rumors or there's a story out there that he's taken a mother and her daughter and they're living on a marijuana plant farm yeah you know he physically assaults people men and women uh he broke into someone's house he i mean this guy is
1: this guy put it this way: This is a guy who definitely needs uh, somebody to intervene. In the facility. The
0: sad part is, in if you go back and watch the original Justice League before the Snyder Cut came out, yep, um, and even somewhat with the Snyder Cut, he was one of the shining spots of the movie. He was the one I actually did want to see in his own movie because
1: well, he yeah, plays but, the
0: role so well. I completely well, but, buy him. Yeah,
1: but- but that, but that's the point uh, you know he was acting he's a very he's obviously a good actor but whether that that act represents how he is in real life is a very different Oh thing.
0: no I'm not talking you about know? that I'm just saying that it's sad that he is this person yeah. in real life when oh, no, look, the character yeah, he, he played he, is brilliant
1: and also you know he was in um he was in the one of the better things in the Fantastic Beasts movie as well yeah. he plays he plays somebody in that and you know again he he was given a really good performance look it's always sad when you see a young actor of any description, a young person of any description who appears to be going off the rails, particularly when they've got talent. Yeah, and nobody's you know, doing It anything. seems like such but a waste. why worst. are they, and, they not and, yeah, cancelling nobody... that
0: movie yeah. when there's such a controversy surrounding it? I know. I, that's what bothers me a little bit. It's like, wait a minute. You cancelled movie A over here, <laughs> that but but you didn't cancel B, and that's the one that's going to give you a that's whole a lot, lot grief. of grief. Yeah, I mean, because that yeah. that movie's still less than a year out, but a year out. Uh, and this I guy think, may be yeah. in prison by then. I mean, good I Lord. Think, yeah.
1: I think the problem with The Flash is that they've spent far more money than they spent on Batgirl. Um, and they're far more reluctant to write that money off. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, and presumably the head of Discovery thinks he's got a way of fitting The Flash into... Because obviously the Flash itself was conceived long before this guy came along, but he's got some idea of fitting it into what's going on. Yeah. But uh, you know, this is, as I said, this is what concerns me: is the way he, the way he did what he did with Batgirl, made me think that maybe he's got a good vision going for the DC universe. But at the end of the day, he's still a ruthless businessman. Um, and you know, we all, as geeks, we all hate. We 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 all like to pretend to ourselves that these. These properties are not all about making money, of course they are, but we like to pretend they're not. We don't like it when we get our faces rubbed in it, mm-hmm. and uh, unfortunately, this guy's kind of rubbing our faces in it. That, that you know, he might I'm have. I'm giving fortune, him the But this is all the about doubt. the money. Yes. I'm- well, yeah, but the flash thing is a, definitely a red flag. It's, yeah. You know, it I really agree. is. Yeah, and um, they need they do need to you know, and they need to take bold action, not just kind of. I think they're hoping it'll go away. They're hoping that between now and that film's release yeah Ezra Miller will kind of calm down a bit and uh, people will forget about what he's been up to and therefore it's too it won't take the release of the movie yeah. but I I know that's okay. what well, they're hoping
0: for but it's it, it's too far he's gone too far down the rabbit hole there's too many yeah, well not really the bad way he's stories. behaving yes. the
1: way he's behaving he's not going to suddenly decide not to do that anymore right. I mean clearly the guy has some issues and somebody needs to do something about them you know he needs help and it's not fair on him, let alone the people he's affecting, to not give him that help just because he's a big movie star.
0: There was also rumors that the Batgirl movie was going to come out before the Flash movie was, but they yeah. wanted to save the Michael Keaton reveal of, of Batman for that movie and not Batgirl. What?
1: But that look, this is what I'm saying is is that whatever this situation is with Batgirl in terms of how it fits into the overall plan, I I find it hard to believe that the best action creatively for it is to just pretend the movie was never made Mm. and 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 i think if you are going to do that you know what you get everyone around the table you sit down with them you explain it to them you apologize to them maybe you compensate them and and then and then the the news coming out is not you know a text message to the directors while they are at one of the directors' weddings say, oh, by the way, yeah, we've decided to pull that project, which is what effectively it was. Yeah. You know? I mean... Could that, definitely they have had been Will, handled they, better. They had Will Smith, at the one of the directors... It's the uh, it's those two Islamic brothers who did Miss Marvel, right? And one of them was getting married in Morocco, and they were all there. Will Smith was a guest at the wedding, and funnily enough, that text message was more of a smack in the mouth than anything Will Smith did. Yeah, I don't think so. Um... <laughs>
0: sorry so that's it's a weird situation it's for me it's too early i i want to i want to see more concrete what are they doing because either you're going to start from scratch or you're not and some projects are canceled but some are not i in some respects it's like okay i I get you got a vision and you want to build this correctly but you've got a bunch of stuff in production right now yeah um some of it's really good Maybe some of it's really bad, and if you're gonna cut the bad stuff, so be it, and you you don't know if it's gonna be good or bad, and nobody makes a movie thinking it's gonna be bad. nobody, not no. one person, no studio, no director, no actor, and then it turns out to be a piece of s- steaming dung that yeah, happens
1: but, but the point the point is is the, the only people telling us that Batgirl is bad initially were the people who were canceling the project, but they're not. Actually, um, I know what you said earlier, but
0: I heard that the screen, the the test screenings for Batgirl was pretty bad. That people, were yeah, like, no, but uh, that that good. was
1: that that was that came out when they announced it. No, I it heard was, that before. But, no, no, it, but it was a, no, it was announced at the time. I think that was all spin because it's been walked back now because people have said you know because what of course what happened is people who are at the test screenings started writing in to pe- to uh, reports at variety and others and say no i was at the testing and and we weren't thinking that at all the audience reaction was pretty good and then warner brothers had to walk it back yeah that was all pr spin to try and soften the blow what they what, what they've been trying to do this is all media management you can smell it a mile away right and the problem is the people bad mouthing the movie are the people who want to cancel the movie yeah and they are not independent and so I, I think I think it's 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 just a narrative. T- to be honest with you, the better thing to do would have been to release the thing quietly with very little publicity, whether you do it on streaming or you do it on a limited theatrical lease, whatever, right? And then let the public decide. Because how many times have we seen it where properties where, where that have a bad reputation turn out to be really successful? That is you know, true as well yeah the opposite but, could have been true you know uh, and and uh, there is an uh, what also kind of makes this slightly distasteful to me is that this movie you know in an industry that's rife with with bad um, representation of minorities that this is a movie directed by two asian men yeah with a puerto rico lead puerto rican lead yeah and quite a diverse cast and they've been shat on and then again the um the movie with all the white people in it yeah like including the badly behaving white lead yeah is apparently still on the table i think whatever the reasons behind it the optics of that again look bad it's just like you know you gotta this wonder have happened, you gotta yeah, wonder if, if
0: the flash had a black character that the, the character was black it's a black actor yeah. and the same thing was happening
1: yeah with that it black be, actor
0: they were yeah. they would have canceled that movie a long time exactly, ago. Exactly. No question and about
1: that, it. And that's 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 mm-hmm. whether that whether there is an un, whether that is overtly happening here or whether it's the um inadvertently happening here the optics of it in today's um world when basically people are thinking about these things really isn't great. Nope, yeah? I agree. Whatever whatever the reality behind it and this is why I'm saying I think, you know, cuz it was canceled by the um, you know, new white guy in his 60s who heads up the studio i just think the whole situation whatever the reasons behind it could have been handled a lot better rather than just pull the plug and send a text message to direct- directors and cast saying guess what your movie doesn't exist anymore
0: yeah it's bad act optics either way you know yeah if you're going to cancel batgirl you damn well need to cancel flash yeah. I, and I want to see the flash movie don't get me wrong I want to see Michael Keaton back as batman I think it's and especially knowing that Ben Affleck is going to be in there too that's I,
1: but yeah that but here's, awesome. the problem. here's the problem the very fact that you and I as fans of this medium yeah are excited about the flash movie because it's got two former batman in it yeah tells you that the something you know that's the what's wrong in the DC universe at the moment. If you want to go and see a Flash movie, you want to go see it because you love the Flash, and I love the Flash. But at the moment, I'm I far more I'm far more enjoy watching the Arrowverse version of the Flash than I was anticipating. This the movie. last couple of years, it's been pretty. Uh, I've bad. not I've not seen the last last couple of seasons. Yeah, but they have, they've yeah. jumped
0: the shark. Um,
1: really well, sticking with
0: DC, Rolling Stones came out with an article two weeks ago. That blew up online. Everybody was talking about that when it comes to the geek universe. Um, So the Rolling Stones did this big story where the whole release, the Snyder cut, was massively fueled by fake accounts online. And Warner Brothers actually did an investigation. They hired a company and it confirmed that a lot of this is fake. Now, a lot of the actors uh, came out to defend it, obviously, and they don't actually come out and say that they think that, you know, Schneider was behind it, but but it was kind of reading between the lines that maybe a lot of this was actually Schneider's doing,
1: well, but I they think, didn't actually think, say it. Yeah. No, well, what happened was that Schneider had <clears> a real beef with the studio because everybody knew that the studio basically fired him without firing him. Yep. Yeah yeah Uh, on and they they exploited a personal tragedy which that his daughter committed suicide to get rid of him and re and effectively remake his movie right we all know that that's the facts of what happened yeah and you know i presume he got his lawyers together and he looked at it after this is sometime after the movie came out which and let's face it didn't help that the movie was not successful as hoped yeah and he obviously got his lawyers together and said look you know they did the dirty on me here yeah i'm going to go after them and that gave him a lot of leverage because they knew that they could not afford a huge public lawsuit with um their former golden boy yeah um shitting on these movies which in fact you know the public had already not been well re- not well received and i think it, you know it, it really the fact that all of this went on again illustrates the lack of leadership they've had at warner the fact that 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 these shenanigans have gone on so i very strongly suspect the suspect the reason the snyder cut exists is to basically try and smooth things over and they threw some money at him to allow him to uh, reshoot and recut the movie into what we got which you know you and i both watched it and said actually enjoyed it more than the original movie i did yeah yeah exactly so fine that, now, how much influence? That, by the way, it, that
0: doesn't mean it's a good movie. It's not.
1: No, no. I'm saying I enjoyed it more. Yeah. I, 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 and I it should have been a movie. It should there. have
0: been a four to six, exactly thing. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. TV series, if you will. That you they know, would have worked better.
1: Uh, and that's you know that was something that was always a bit iffy at, at, with them anyway. And, and apparently, this new guy, it's very much like we we don't do direct to streaming anymore. This guy see streaming as, as a, as a follow on tail to theatrical releases so that's what we're going to get from DC going forward but I think that's how the Snyder Cut came about how much influence the social media campaign actually had on those decisions I think is really where the nub of this question comes and whether in fact um, these sorts of executives who run these studios really take that much notice of stuff on Twitter I think yeah, they do and, well i think they take some notice but whether whether it it's as big a uh, kind of a lever as perhaps the people on twitter thinks it is is the is the number this question because obviously yeah as, as we're finding out with the whole shenanigans now with musk and twitter is that it turns out that um the bot problem on twitter is really difficult to get a handle on um and um you know people are starting to recognize that if they hadn't if what what i'm saying is warner had an investigation they clearly thought right at the beginning that this was a bit suspect so if their mindset is they think it's suspect the uh, social media campaign then i would imagine that that reduces its weight in the decision making my suspicion is that it was very much for more that um they realized that uh, that Snyder had them by the short and curlies contractually over what they'd done to him and this was the way of making that go away without having to have a big lawsuit and I think actually worked for all people concerned.
0: No, I think they would have gone to the lawsuit if it wasn't for a release the Snyder Cut. I really do. I think no, I yeah, think that was the impetus to push them.
1: You think? Yeah,
0: I do. 100%. Um, But we'll never know because the we'll people know, behind no. it will never admit to anything, so... Um, it's still. Yeah. It was a very interesting read. Um, I uh, would.
1: Well, all, all I can say is, if Snyder, having been put in that position, had the clout to organize a fake Twitter campaign to get what he wanted, um, okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm I'm actually reasonably impressed. Yeah, because <laughs> I don't I don't think many people who work in the creative industries have enough of the uh, technical nouns to organise a, a bot campaign. So if he does, um, yeah, all power to him. The, guy, the guy's gone up a, a little bit more in my estimation than before.
0: So let's right? talk about um, something that makes me sad. Uh, I haven't watched the final episode yet, but the Orville just wrapped up their third season uh they renamed it orville new horizons but even changed his theme song a little bit yeah um we know that there's probably not going to be a fourth season yeah which i think is and and i get why he's doing it um what's his name uh seth yeah, mcfarland seth mcfarland he's got the ted show coming which ugh, um i think he had something really really special with the orville it really filled a a need for old school star trek stuff more next generation universe building it was being well done the characters on there were just extremely well in fact i think the weakest part was actually seth in the lead captain role i i'd never really bought puppy dog eyes as this guy. I just didn't... I I never bought it.
1: I I think like many Seth MacFarlane properties, um, if you look at the other stuff he's done, like Family Guy and what have you, is actually he has a history of... Coming up with a strong concept and lead character, but it's kind of a one-note thing. And over time, he has to then start moving the focus to other characters because the one he hasn't anywhere to go with the one-note central character. Correct. I mean, Peter Peter Griffin in Family Guy is exactly like that. The characters around him, uh, over the many years that show's been going, are far more interesting now and funny than than Peter Griffin, the central character. And it was the same with The Orville. It was a great idea for the first season of The Orville to have a... (laughs) A captain who basically was dealing with the breakup of his marriage while having his ex-wife working with him on on a starship show. It was a great idea. It worked really well. But the problem is, once you've resolved that after the first season, there's nowhere else to go with it. Correct. Because then then they become friends, and it becomes completely non-interesting. Yep. And and there's no and you you don't you don't have the will they won't they thing, which is obviously as as we recognise is is a strong dramatic driver for an awful lot of uh, of media. So the, that that was the issue with that that's why he became less interesting is because his character arc could kind of run run its course at the end of the first season i think the problem with the orville is that it's twofold first of all they kind of got kicked in the backside by the pandemic yep they know? did and and you know they had this big hiatus and that and, and also as well they were on fox who has a long history of not treating their properties very well not recognizing what they have um and of course fox traded them off netflix picked them up um they are on netflix aren't they no or or no they're on uh it's showing here on disney plus on hulu that's right yeah uh but obviously you know the streaming landscape is also changing at the moment in terms of what netflix is going through and then his other problem is in the intervening time um the star trek guys came out with a show that's kind of the same sort of thing and then when straight in uh, strange new worlds which is episodic week by week star trek um and unfortunately uh in terms of budget and performance and everything it kind of kicks the orville's ass so yes uh, and no I they're
0: totally different shows i get why you're are. trying to make that comparison but they are not anything alike right. i mean well, yes let me, let the me say one and thing then they yeah. go on the missions yeah. yes of course I, but
1: i very strongly believe that if the orville didn't exist we would not have strange new worlds i agree with that Yeah, absolutely, because I think the Orville demonstrated that there's a market for episodic, week-to-week sci-fi TV that I think a lot of people had assumed had disappeared.
0: Yeah? Well, Um, Seth MacFarlane literally, well, I mean, they're still universe-building, which is good, because we want things to happen. And they've been very brave in some of their uh, storytelling. Very brave, especially in today's day and age. That being said, I think that there's a place for this show. I think there's a place for it without Seth MacFarlane. And he's already said, because he doesn't own it, he's already said if they want to continue it without him, he's 100% supportive of that. Right. He He's publicly said on his Twitter account, I read it myself, that he hopes that they continue it. That being said, they're not going to. They, they're going to think that without him, the show doesn't, it's not going to be very good. I would disagree. Yeah. I think that... In the last two seasons, season two and three, they yeah. built up the supporting cast to the extent that they don't need him in that role as either writer yeah. or actor. I think that and, it would succeed and, and, yeah.
1: without him. And, and also as well, there are ways of doing it without him, without him not being there. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, how about a whole episode of him being abducted and they, the Orville spends the whole season trying to track him down? With yeah. the existing characters on it, that would be fantastic.
0: And they could do—he you know? would do a, a cameo.
1: Yeah, exactly. And and they could—they could, or they could do—they could have a, a new, ca- you know, he goes on a sabbatical or he goes on a secret mission or something like that. They really want to they be they brave; a, they'd kill him. Yeah, uh, and they have a new captain who's very different to he to who he is, and everyone struggles with that. Again, interesting. They did that on. You mean they had that two-part episode of Star Trek where Picard went off on a mission and they got they got the guy from Robocop the bad guy from Robocop became yeah. the new captain yeah yeah and nobody liked him yep. and he was uh you know all of that that would be interesting yep that would be something to explore and then you find out you know obviously the guy has nuances and reasons for the Bane way where he is you could do that that would be interesting um there are plenty of things they could do hell let's make the blob of jelly the captain. <laughs> I go for that. They can't What's because the guy who yeah. played him died. Oh, yeah. Well, wow. he's a blob, blob of jelly. You can recast him.
0: Mm. The the voice was. I mean, he he died. Um, he so. died. Um,
1: I know. What what happened? Did somebody eat him?
0: It's not funny. The actor died. He's he's a very <laughs> I don't popular comedian.
1: I didn't realize the actor died. I thought you said the character died.
0: Well, no, I said he died, the guy who played the character. Yeah, okay.
1: Okay. Um, I'm drawing a blank
0: on his name, which is bad. (laughs) Not that popular. No, no, he was very popular. Uh, He was on uh, Saturday Night (laughs) Live, and I'm just drawing a blank on his name, which I do quite a bit when we start these shows. I blank on people's names. Um, Regardless, I think it's a show that should be continued from a purely selfish point of view because i really really enjoy it at least it McDonald's. got three seasons norm mcdonald thank you yeah um i think that we got only one season of firefly and so you can at least at the very minimum say hey at least we got three of the oroville um but i think well, if it doesn't continue it's going to be one of those could you imagine if they were to continue the oroville because that was such a good show and so, it's not like it was a series developed like Sandman um, yeah. or Stranger Things well, no, that no, has a definite ending.
1: So, so hey, how about this? Um, because they did this with Firefly, um, they got a theatrical. A movie to tie kind of tie it up. So, how but there's theatrical... nothing to tie
0: up in the Oroville. It's an ongoing episode. Yeah, no, but you know, so
1: so their their swan song instead of being just the end of season three becomes a you know nah. a two
0: hour movie. No, I don't accept it because there's it's it's worth continuing. It's a great oh, yeah, property. I, yeah,
1: I I agree, but um, the question is in yeah, as I said, in it's it comes down to economics of the streaming business again. Yep. It's whether they think it's worth the investment um and the other thing as well is that all the you know in a more established property those guys salaries go up every year yep um i think this is part of the problem with streaming is that actually anything that's successful everyone involved with its salaries goes goes up every year and the streaming companies are uh, eventually go you know what we could develop two new shows for the price of what we're paying for this one um and uh you know is it really is it bringing in enough viewers to uh, justify what we're spending on it. And I think those those economics are much more difficult to justify in the streaming environment than they are on TV. Let's wrap this because up on a
0: high note, at least for yeah. me. I don't know your opinion, but I am really looking forward to She-Hulk. You know, oh, I, uh, we, yeah, we've yeah, got too. a couple of videos out there now where it's doing... I don't know about the breaking the, the fourth wall or anything. We'll see. But... Um, When I was reading comics in the 80s, in the 70s, it wasn't uncommon for Spider-Man to show up in a Fantastic Four episode because he has a problem that Reed Richards can help him with. Yeah, Um, That, to me, was what I was hoping the MCU universe was going to be. And it is to a lesser extent, but I think we all agreed when we watched WandaVision, why the hell didn't Doctor Strange show up? didn't make yeah. any sense for dr strange not to be there or, or have a cameo or something yeah. and they keep tr- they keep doing that over and over and over well she hulk yeah. looks like they're finally breaking that a little bit daredevil's in it um obviously yeah. the hulk is in it and it feels like a shared it. universe
1: well yeah because a part of the conceit is is that she is that they are she's going to be an attorney for superheroes yeah so brilliant um, idea ov- obviously that means you can bring superheroes and she deals with their with their problems look i think this uh, i really hope that they land this one because at the moment it looks fantastic i yep. think that you know the orville demonstrates that you can be successful with a much more light-hearted approach to some of these things. absolutely because because that was the whole point about the orville it made it more real because you know they would have um you know disagreements and argument and real life stuff in it and you know the <laughs> you have the one guy who's who's lazy and doesn't realize his potential uh, and then you have the guy who's brilliant but also a bit of a boob and all of that that's that sort of stuff is funny yep you play it for laughs it's funny and um you know she hulk is going to be it's a comedy drama it's going to be funny yeah and they are they are poking fun as they did in the comics with her fourth wall breaking they're poking fun at some of the ridiculousness of of what it's like what it must be like to live as one of these characters in these universes you know and and also as well you know yeah they they're very much using it as a as a comic foil against some of the other mcu characters because you know you've seen in the trailers that she's taking the mickey out of bruce banner while he's trying to help her learn what she is you know she's not overly happy about the situation she ends herself up with and he's going oh it's so cool you're a superhero and and she appears to be going i didn't want this yeah. you know um it, it's it all looks very 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 good very amusing um kind i think of it what starts in one, a week you know,
0: or two so yeah
1: Lighthearted. light-hearted yep I'm, she's a great actress tatiana yeah M- i've Maslani. heard if you watched all from black um it was a great great show and she played multiple different clones of herself in that show and each one she acted completely differently she is such a good actress so i'm sure she's going to knock it out of the park with this show so i just really hope it ends up being as good as it looks in the trailers and not one of those ones where it's a disappointment after the first couple and if
0: episodes. the cg isn't a hundred percent perfect i'm fine with that i know a lot of the when the first teaser trailer came out the geeks came out of the woodwork and like, oh my god, she did that CGI is not good and it, it's Uncanny oh. Valley and you know what? I will take a little Uncanny Valley if it's a good show. That's all, at yeah. the end of the day, that's all I really, really care about.
1: Not only that. The, when the trailers come out, the CGI is not finished, so you know, judge it on the finished result, not on the way. And you know, we, we look, we digged Obi Wan for some dodgy CGI as well, so it can happen. But most of um, you that. Well, all right so maybe i'll be the bellwether <laughs> on this about whether the cgi is good
0: all right so with that we're going to wrap up this episode of the geeks pub david's going to be off for the next two weeks uh it's yep. to be determined whether i'm going to do a solo show bring someone in or just take a couple of weeks off myself but when we return it's going to be with david it's going to be with a tech fan and we probably will have an apple event Uh, talking about the new iphone 14 i assume it looks like it's the the release of information is imminent there was a huge leak online so we'll see um in the meantime david enjoy your um time off
1: and i will see you in a couple weeks see you then